Welcome to The Back Shop, a podcast about the concepts and practice of media with a focus on its impact on society. Each week, we cover ideas about the theories, concepts, and history that have driven media development. We will also keep an eye on how new technologies are changing traditional ways of getting information at a time when democracy needs our engagement more than ever. This is The Back Shop. I'm your host, Jeremy Lata, an associate professor of journalism and communication at Lehigh University in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the very first episode of this podcast, and I'm really excited to be bringing this to you. Um, I'm going to use this episode to sketch out basically the um, idea behind what we're doing here and um, give you some sense of what to expect in the episodes going forward. This is going to be a serialized version, essentially, of my intro course with some mixture of media commentary uh, and so forth. Um, And I want to talk to you a little bit first about the genesis of where this idea came from, because I think that matters a little bit. So about uh, nine months ago, um, I had a Twitter thread about the media industry that went gangbusters viral in a way I've never experienced in my life before. it was uh, right in the middle of a series of layoffs that happened over the course of a week at a, several different major media outlets. Um, and I, on a Thursday afternoon um, at the end of January, sat down and decided to hammer out some ideas about what's going on here because a lot of the discussion I was seeing on Twitter was about um, you know, this idea that, you know, why, why cannot we figure out a way to do digital? Uh, and, and why is the internet hurting newspapers so much? And what I did in that thread, which is about 45 posts or so, um, was sketch out basically some of the history that, that preceded the internet that kind of led to this moment. Um, I have linked to that on the show notes um, on this particular page, so you can always um, go and get that when you want. Um, for those of you who are coming at this from um, like an iTunes, uh, jjl409.podbean.com um, will have show notes for every episode. Um, anyhow, um, one of the things that struck me about that was it, it went crazy, first of all. I mean, it had within about a month, it had about 20,000 shares or so. And um, the the impressions were in the 10 million range, which is nothing I've something I'd never experienced on Twitter before or since. But in some of the conversations around some of the people who are sharing it and commenting on the, the post, and I was talking to them online, one of the things that struck me about that experience was um, how how much all that information was not new to me. Um, that there was a lot of things that I had kind of gleaned from my time in industry as a journalist as well as my time in grad school that were part of this long-term story that I, I feel like had been told to death. And yet I had people who were just d- deeply interested in media who this was new to them. But more stunningly to me, I think some of this was journalists, journalists who didn't understand some of the economic history of their own industry. Um, and some of these had been people who'd been working in media for 20, 25 years. So um, that kind of got me going a little bit and thinking about, you know, what could I do um, to take some of the stuff that I have been learning behind the scenes and um, and bring it to the public. Um, and that's where the idea of the back shop came from. I'm an old newspaper guy by trade. Um, I graduated from college in the late 90s, um, back when we still had back shops. Uh, so those of you who've been working in media longer than this uh, recognize the term. It was the it was the area that was referred to 
outside of the newsroom where once um, pages were laid out and done, you um, you shipped them back there for paste up in the old days or you just printed it up and they took it back there. And that's where they got it on pasteboards um, to get it camera ready to take um, to, to get it ready for the plates for the press, essentially. So the back shop was always a place where basically the sausage kind of came together. And, you know, it's kind of interesting as a young journalist how mystified I was by that process, you know, that you write the articles, you edit them, you lay them out. But then you, um, you don't really see the production side of it that's happening with people with exacto knives and wax and all kinds of stuff that basically the paper would not exist without them. Um, so I've always been kind of fascinated by these these, these hidden spaces that existed in newsrooms. And um, and, and so the, the, the idea of the Backshop as a title for this podcast was about trying to demystify um, some of those processes that are happening in the, in the, in the background. Now... Um, some of this is going to be somewhat review for those of you who have been in industry and follow some of this. Um, but my hope is to, to talk about things that um, are kind of in plain sight, but we don't always see them up front every single day. But they have major impacts on the way the media industry works. So my, my basic sense is to cover um, some media economics um, some media business models as a whole and, t- and talk about um, how media are structured, um, to talk about um, what journalism is and what is not, um, how it differs from uh, partisan or ideological media and, wh- and, and, and giving us some ability to be able to spot what that looks like in the wild, um, which in turn gives us some ability to judge what credibility looks like, you know, what accuracy and what, 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 what represents quality versus not. Um, we will talk about um, some of the history behind some of these platforms and, um, you know, where, where, where they get their values from um, and, you know, what, uh, what kinds of things are essential to the, to the practice of, of, of journalism and media in general and what are not. Um, this is a going to follow roughly um, some of the, the material I use in my intro course here at Lehigh uh, called Media and Society. Um, and because of that, we are going to dip in somewhat into entertainment. Um, and and it, this used to be separate topics when I was in college, but um, we are increasingly seeing a blurring of the lines between entertainment and news um, to the point where um, they are, in some cases, in, in depressingly indistinguishable. Um, but at the same time, um, even when they when they are separated from one another, they're existing in the same space and the same channels. And and we take for granted, I think, sometimes uh, people like me who are journalists, um, that the public doesn't quite know how to figure out the difference between the two of them. Um, so because of that, we will be talking about the entertainment industry. We'll talk about business models, for example, and um, you know that the, the the business of news is so wrapped up in in the business of entertainment. Um, and they are symbiont in a, in a lot of different ways um, that affect one another. And so it's, it's very hard to distinguish between the two. So we will be covering some of those issues as well. Um, and um, I'm also going to try to mix in some interviews with people in industry and people in academia um, to try to talk about some of their expertise areas and bring them to you um, as a way for you to hear from them um, how they see some of these issues as well. So this, um, this podcast then will follow a serialized format. Um, it's, um, it's not one of those ones where I think you're going to be able to jump in in the middle of. So I'm going to recommend from the start, just kind of listening from the start and all the way through. Um, I will try to post an episode about once a week. Sometimes you'll probably get two, um, depending on um, what the week looks like and also whether I have an interview. That'll probably be a, a big um, driver of that. 
but I'm going to try to split it into units um, and to um, to give you a, a set of materials over the course of like three or four episodes. Um, and then something like a, an interview to recap, um, uh, tie together some of those issues in, into one. Um, this is my attempt to kind of do a couple different things. I think, first of all, to do what we call public scholarship in my field. Um, for those of you who are academics, you know this, this term. Um, but for those of you who are not, um, a lot of what we produce as scholars is locked behind walls, um, journal walls that um, are, have hefty subscription rates to them that only um, you know libraries uh, like universities basically can afford to pay. Um, or they are locked behind the walls of books that you know again have to you have to purchase and a lot of libraries don't carry. And so, one of the things that uh, has distressed me a lot since um, since really the minute I entered a PhD school is realizing how much of our work is not made available to the public. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about some of my research, but more, I, more to the point, I actually want to use this opportunity, this platform, to bring in some of the, the other scholars in my field who are doing amazing work, whose stuff I love, and have them on to talk about some of the things that they do as it relates to some of the topics of this podcast. So this is an attempt at public scholarship. This is a, a, a chance to bring the academy to people without making them go through the... Um, uh, the, the hurdles of enrolling in a course and God forbid doing homework um, or to just uh, enroll in a massively open online course that, um, um, you know, where there's, there's expectations uh, tied into that that I think uh, make things more difficult. So that's, that's one of the first things. The second thing is um, to, uh, to make this available to um, the public at large who may not necessarily think about these issues a lot, um, but they, they do care about them. And so um, I think the shareability of this is going to be really important to me. Um, I'm going to try to keep these episodes to around 18 to 20 minutes uh, to make them bite size. It's built for the idea of just like breaking off small pieces of a topic um, for those of you who are on commutes and things like that. And, um, you know, or if you're just riding the subway to work or, um, you know, something like that. And so with that in mind, you know, the two to three to four episodes will connect together into a larger theme. And so I'll kind of cue you at the beginning when we're kind of transitioning into a new element. Um, just to give you an outline of where my head is right now in terms of where things are going in the next few weeks, um, we are going to start with um, kind of the bigger picture of media itself, um, what the business of media looks like. And then um, we are going to pass that, start looking at the business model of media next. Um, some of the some of the ways that the media industry is broken up. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, mergers and consolidations and conglomerates, um, but we're also gonna talk about some of the the changes of um, digital and how that's had an impact on 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 media business models. So that's kind of just a rough sketch of where we're gonna go. Um, uh, and I don't really have an endpoint for this podcast in mind. Um, I, it will roughly cover the semester material, and then at that point, I think I'll figure out whether. Um, there's demand to keep going or, um, you know, to keep serializing it and adding new things to it, or if that's uh, something we'll lay to bed after it, it runs its course. Um, we will see where it takes us. Um, but uh, that's that's a rough idea of where we're going to go. Just um, before I sign off um, and, and uh, get you get the first episode to bed here, um, I want to kind of give you some some broad things to think about um, as we as we get ready for um diving in the material with the next episode. Um, and that is this. The, one of the reasons um, that this podcast exists is because um, to study media is to study ourselves. 
And that is, um, individually, we do not need communication to function. Um, we can we can become hermits in the desert or on, on our fields and work in the land, live by ourselves, uh, probably die young, but um, not be connected to civilization at all. It is possible. It's dangerous, but it's possible. And humans have been doing that for thousands of years. Um, but what separates what we are trying to do collectively um, when we talk about having a society is that we need to be able to um, share information with each other. We need to be able to communicate with one another in order to create something called civilization. We can't do this alone. And so we depend on channels for information sharing. We depend on um, cues we take from other people and these heuristics we build in our heads to help judge what is good and bad information to be able to figure out what to trust and what not. The example I use in one of my classes is that let's say you are living in a, in a remote village somewhere and you're at the base of a mountain. Um, and up in the mountains above you, there is a cave. And um, some people know that there is a giant man-eating bear in there. Um, you're, that's information that you could use. <laughs> um, like, you know, don't go up in that cave. You're going to get eaten by a bear. Um, and so... How we, how we deal with that information, how we communicate that information to our village, it becomes really important. Um, one of the reasons why we have stories about the boy who cried wolf, for example, is because we're trying to put cultural values around the idea of telling the truth. Because that information that comes at you, there is a bear up in the cave in that mountain, and it will eat you if you go in that, that cave. Um, to, to make that the information sharing and reception effective is you need to have credibility and trust. And so embedded in those forms of communication are all kinds of things that we build in the background that we depend on. We depend on people telling the truth in good faith. Um, we depend on people generally having a good track record of trustworthiness. And so when we, when we disrupt forms of communication, you know, if we take uh, just, that's just interpersonal communication, let's take it a little larger in a larger society, not a town anymore, but um, a large city you know, which is complex and has lots of moving parts and government and traffic and all kinds of daily life needs and information needs. We depend then on much larger sources of media to give us those, those, those types of information we need to survive every day. And when we disrupt that, that communication flow, when we um, either delegitimize the sources of information or when the, the source of information itself um burns us in terms of our trust, then there are necessary social implications on something like that. That is, democracy itself depends on us having information that we can use and trust to make decisions every single day, big and small, not just voting decisions, but just the ability to walk outside and know that I'm, not, I'm, you know, that I'm safe in my community or I can depend on the bus to arrive at a certain time and so forth. We take for granted, I think, just how much Every single day, we were relying on information coming at us, and a lot of times, it's through media itself. So one of the things I want you to think about before the next episode is um, what happens when there are vested interests whose entire goal is to delegitimize the sources of information that we use to manage our, single, our lives every single day. And if they erode trust in particular sources, and then something much larger than that, how do we do society? How do we agree on facts and ideas? How do we um, 
put ourselves in a position to be able to negotiate some of the complexities of society when the basic sources of information that we depend on to manage our lives are defanged, uh, degraded, and taken away from us. You're going to hear me lot, talk a lot in this podcast about democracy and journalism's importance to it, um, but you're also going to hear me talk a lot about bad actors whose sole goal is to make us distrust the information coming at us and, by extension, distrust one another. So that's it for this time. I will catch you again next time. Um, look for episode two, like I said, about a week later. But if you could subscribe to this podcast and whatever channel you, you would like, um, and I look forward to this conversation we are going to have together. Um, please, if you like, um, follow me on Twitter. Uh, my username is Jeremy Lata, J-E-R-E-M-Y-L-I-T-T-A-U. Um, and if you have comments on specific episodes, um, you know, I'd be happy to hear from what you have to say um, or have any questions you've got. Um, I'm happy to answer them. Um, please do uh, uh, listen and share. The Backshop is a non-commercial podcast recorded and produced by Jeremy Lata at Lehigh University. Special thanks to Kaseki, whose music was used for this podcast and made available via Gemendo with a Creative Commons license.